I would say, you know, read your disclosure at the bank. It is not your money. Once you give it to the bank, it is their money. These banks, as I said, most of them wouldn't exist. They, they all would have gone under in 2008 and many times since then, if it weren't for the direct assistance of the federal government. They, they are not independent. You can put your money at Chase, at Wells Fargo, at these, these big banks, and is, uh, you might as well hand it to the federal government. You are now tuned into Stay Dangerous. Hey guys, welcome to Stay Dangerous. And uh, by the way, this is the first uh, remote episode that we're doing. Um, trust me, it's gonna be worthwhile. Uh, it's an exciting episode. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors, Midas Gold Group. Uh, Midas Gold Group is a veteran-owned precious metals company by, owned by our friend and veteran, not only veteran, but United States Marine, James Clark. And uh, if you, after this episode, if you go to MidasGoldGroup.com, and after this episode, you're gonna wanna go to MidasGoldGroup.com, I promise. Uh, you can get your precious metals, gold or silver. And if you mention my name, Chad Roby Show, you will get some free precious metals, some silver uh, that you'll get. And um, the reason you're going to want to go to MidasGoldGroup.com after this episode is because we actually have James Clark as our guest today. He's coming to us remote, live from Montana. We just seen some Indians and Buffalo Crows crossing behind him. That's actually, if you're watching uh, on video, this isn't a digital AI background. It's, 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 the real, it's the real thing. Uh, right off his back. No, this there. is this is Montana in November here. Yeah, oh, man. And you're in a you're in a t-shirt or a polo shirt, so it's not too cold. It was. Uh, it's it's not too bad here. It's actually you know I was expecting because I'm from I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. That's where my company is based out of, and, and I'm up here a little getaway with a, with my son. And, and you know, and I've been in a t-shirt outside. It is it is surprisingly warm for Montana. Nice. I I love Montana. What and you probably don't want to give your exact location, but what, what part of Montana are you? Yeah, a bit of a secret location here, but you know, it, you know, got the Beartooth Mountains in the background there. We're kind of between uh, between Bozeman and Billings, right off the Yellowstone River. Okay, that's a beautiful area. I, I love going up there. Well, uh, before we get started into you know Midas Gold Group and and, and precious metals, I, I really want to. I'm super interested. How do you go from being a United States Marine? to the you know, CEO or founder of Midas Gold Group? Well, it was, it was an interesting story. You know, I got, I got out of the Marine Corps um, um, in 2003. Um, it, I, I actually just got out. There was a narrow window, window in between a stop loss. We'd, we'd gone to Afghanistan, got back. They lifted the stop loss for my MOS, and then, and then I got out, and then they put it back in like, in like two weeks later. Um, but I got out, went to college. I said, okay, now, now I want to go work for a big company. Um, and so, and so I did, I did well in college. It went and worked for a big global accounting firm, went to Silicon Valley. Um, it worked in the tech space, um, as an accountant. Um, then I said, okay, now I wanted to get into the, the investment banking world. Um, and, and so I'd applied to some of the investment banks, got, got hired, um, in 2008 the day I was supposed to start training with a big investment banking firm was the day Lehman Brothers collapsed. And, and so I kind of, I kind of, at that point, I went back to my roots as a kid where I worked for my, for my dad in his, his gold coin shop. And he said, you know, why, do, why don't you go work for me, sell, sell gold? And I said, okay, you know, you know, it's 2008, everything's falling apart. That's, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I, w I went, you know, I learned a lot about gold from him as a kid. Um, he was, he was always, he was always very dialed into what was going on in the financial markets, had a great understanding of the reasons to own gold. 
Um, and so, and so I learned a lot from him for, for a number of years and eventually I, you know, broke off and started and started my own company. Um, he was more focused locally in Arizona. I wanted to build a company that had a, a national presence, um, and could, and could spread the message and, um, um, on a national scale. Um, and so, you know, you know, uh, we parted ways and we, we still compete, um, in a very, um, in a very friendly environment, um, you know, you know, we sell back and forth to each other, but it was, it was really, it was really just, you know, you know, learning from him and, and over time realizing that what I didn't want to do was to work in that investment banking world. I spent enough, enough time, time looking at deals and just seeing, you know, how, how crooked, how corrupt the whole industry was. And, and today there, there's no, there is probably no other asset class. I would want to be dealing in other than gold and silver, particularly what's going on in the geopolitical environment. Um, you know, it, you know, I, I think it, it's it's absolutely essential that people get some of their money out of this crooked, corrupt financial system um, it, that that unfortunately we're we're seeing, and putting some money in a hard asset like gold and silver, taking uh, control of some of their wealth. And you know, it also it also gives me gives me great joy um, it, to take money out of that crooked banking system because I've I've learned over the years exactly how it operates and exactly how it how it functions. Matt, it's uh, I was saying earlier, kind of joking, but it's true. It just always impresses me to see a marine go from eating crayons to running a major company like this and being <laughs> successful. It makes me proud, and it, hope for all the young young uh, infantry marines out there, you know, thinking you don't have a future. You know, James is an inspiration to all of us. Uh, one of the things that I I, I love about you and, and uh, you know, get, getting to know you, you know, a few months ago, you came over, came over, you flew in, came over to my house, we got to spend some time together and I was su- super interested in, in, in this topic because uh, it's, it's important to me, especially where our world is right now. One of the things I loved about you, I think we clicked off is, with is because you don't, you're not, you're not just doing this to make money as a business, but you actually care about Americans and being prepared uh, and having that stability, that financial stability. I mean, for me, I, I care. I'm concerned about Americans right now who are, you know, have all their money tied up digitally, all their assets tied up digitally. And if something collapses or something goes sideways, if there's a World War Three or, or, or the grid collapses or somebody drops, you know, an EMP, uh, China launched an EMP in the United States and we end up in a doomsday scenario, which sounds sci- science fiction, but it's not far from reality right now. What do people do? For me, I want gold, I want silver, and I want lead. Uh, gold and silver to buy and trade, and lead to get anything else I want, right? You can go buy all the toilet paper you want. If I have lead and bullets, I'm gonna get my toilet paper from you. Uh, so, but I care about every American uh, being prepared in, the, in this space. And that was one of the reasons, you know, we chose to partner with you guys, not just as a sponsor for a Stay Dangerous show, but uh, just because I think we're like-minded that way. Um, and I want to use the show to really break down why it's important for every American or even people around the world outside of this nation to have precious metals, uh, tangible precious metals in their hands for any type of scenario, whether it's just a financial collapse or a real doomsday, you know, scenario. And uh, let's start back in, in 1913 with the creation of the Federal Reserve. Uh, why was it created and what is the Federal Reserve? Well, it- well, I mean, it, the bankers at the time, J.P. Morgan Chase, had um, um, it, you know, it, you know, he'd been very successful. Him and the Rothschild, and and so and so they started petitioning, um, and I think it's it's been a theme throughout throughout financial history that you know um, 
America needs to turn over uh, some of their some of their independence to to us, um, uh, to, the, to the bankers in order to have more more financial security. Um, so they said, we knew we need a group of, of private bankers who, who aren't audited um, uh, to be able to, to help us expand our monetary system and to act as a as a lender um, for, the, for the federal government. Um, it, so um, it, it was it was the first it was the first deviation on currency away from the Constitution. The, fa- the founders um, they understood through, throughout history, even going back you know Egyptian times, going going back to Roman times, that unless unless your money is built on something real, it becomes a grounds grounds for corruption, um, and and it, it becomes and it's going to become worthless eventually. Of course, of course, you know you know the Romans um, they used to mint gold and silver coins. They started doing the same thing we did, uh, starting to put not, you know, 90 percent silver, 50 percent silver, 40 percent silver, 30 percent silver um, in their in their coins. Um, and and eventually their currency collapsed and became worthless as they as, as they put more and more people on subsidies. They needed to pay for their wars. They needed to like to pay for the people that were relying on the government. Um, and their and their currency collapsed, and the same, and we're and we're obviously headed in the same direction, but it's been a very very slow slow trajectory because of some things that have happened since then. That I think I think I think we're probably going to go on a financial timeline that we can talk a bit about here in a little bit. But I just want to clarify: the founders meant for 100 percent of, of of currency, like a note, to be backed by gold and silver from the beginning. No, not just backed. They said, you know, they said uh, the United States shall only use gold and silver as currency. They didn't. They didn't mean for it to be back. They they meant that if you know, if I wanted to buy something something from you, I'm going to hand you a silver coin, or if it's a big thing, I'm going to hand you hand you a gold coin, and that was the only money that the United States would mint at the federal level. And that that was based on that's the Constitution was set up that way. It, it, that is, you know, we we talk about we're we're constitutionalists, we're strict interpretationists of the, of the Constitution. There is uh, there is no clause more clear in the Constitution than than when it says the United States shall only use gold and silver as currency. And uh, and we when we went off off that in 1971, it, it was supposed to be temporary. But of course, you know, um, um, when, when we temporarily rarely give up clauses of the Constitution, they tend not to come back. Hey, folks, I got a shout out for our new awesome sponsor, Midas Gold Group. These guys are the real deal, a family business in precious metals for two generations run by Marine Corps veterans who are all about supporting veteran causes and putting America first. But the best part, they know that true financial freedom comes from owning private currency like gold and silver. If you're feeling a bit worried about the unknown and want to secure finances, look no further than Midas Gold Group. With all the crazy stuff happening these days, it's smart to be prepared. If you don't know, our financial data is stored electronically, from bank deposits to retirement accounts, and let's face it, our digital grid isn't exactly invincible. That's where owning gold and silver can save the day, and it's becoming a seriously compelling option. Now here's the scoop. Inflation is nibbling away at your dollar's buying power. And major players like Russia, China, India, and Saudi Arabia are making moves to trade oil in different currencies. This could shake things up big time as the dollar stability depends on being the world's trade currency. The central bank digital currency is virtually already here 
with patents filed and big banks making plans. And Midas Gold Group sees potentially sketchy implications here. Will it mean the end of cold, hard-earned cash? Is it tied to social credit scores? Storing all our financial info on digital ledgers sounds pretty risky, doesn't it? That's why you can count on Midas Gold Group. They're here to lend a helping hand. They've got competitive pricing, top-notch service, and lightning-fast deliveries all across the United States and Canada. And get this, they could even show you how to use your IRA and old retirement plan to own physical gold and silver without getting hit by any additional tax implications. So listen up, folks. When it comes to precious metals, Midas Gold Group is the real deal and the only one I trust. Give them a ring at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653 or hit up their website at midasgoldgroup.com. That's midasgoldgroup.com. They're all about giving friendly, no pressure advice on precious metals. And guess what? If you drop my name, Chad Show, they're throwing in some free silver with any qualifying account. You can't beat that, right? So don't wait around. Secure your financial future with Midas Gold Group. Swing by MidasGoldGroup.com or dial 855-322-4653 and make sure you mention Chad Show sent you. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Well, when, it, when this happened in 1913 and the, the Federal Reserve was established, that wasn't in the interest of the American people. That was in the interest of uh, the powerful banking elites. Exactly. Yes, that was that was in the interest of the of the bankers that could uh, that could earn interest uh, lending to the federal government. And then you fast forward and you get to uh, 1971, uh, the Nixon shock. Uh, can you explain that in the beginning of fiat currency? And I, I would say before that, an, another key date is is, is FDR in 1933, um, it, because after the founding of, of the Federal Reserves, banks started to, to issue um, gold gold certificates. So um, um, you, know, you could leave the bank, and instead of taking a twenty dollar gold coin, if you needed twenty dollars, you would take a gold certificate. For twenty dollars, or you could take a, a, a silver certificate for one dollar, and you could always go back to the bank and, re, and redeem your certificate for an, for an actual gold coin. Um, in the, during the Great Depression, um, in the in the thirties, um, uh, people didn't really want to hold those, those paper notes, uh, so they were going to the bank and saying, "No, I'd rather I'd rather hold hold the gold." Savers the savers preferred having the gold for good reason, um, and he, and of course, the United States wasn't able to mint enough gold. To cover all those notes, um, so so what FDR did was he was he um, um, stopped redemption of, of certificates for the actual gold coins, and in fact he made gold ownership illegal uh, in 1933. So so unless you had rare coins or 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 coins of significant collector value, you were not allowed um, to hoard gold in your house in the United States. Of course, um, um, we still were required to pay off. Many of our debts in Europe, they they still wanted gold, so we paid them in gold, but we didn't allow citizens to own gold up up until 1971, as you mentioned, which is which is when when two key things happened. Uh, Bretton Woods happened uh, that, that made the dollar the the, res, the global reserve currency, which was which was probably of uh, of all the of all the gifts the United States has ever has ever gotten, having uh, having the world reserve currency. Um, has has made all of us extremely well, wealthy and improved all of our, our, quali- our quality of lives, but it also took us entirely off of the gold standard 
and said, and said, now our money is not backed by gold. It is only backed by the full faith and credit in the United States government. What, is, this the, is this what the beginning of fiat currency? This is where fiat currency began? 1971. It was, it was when fiat currency, currency began. And if you just, if you just go, go and Google it, prices of things, you know, this is, this is back 1971. A, a hamburger was five cents. A, a, a gallon of gas was, it was seven cents. Um, a penny, you know, you, you saved your pennies. Pennies were worth something, something substantial. Um, you know, you could, a, a school teacher could afford, could afford to buy a brand new house in, in a big city. A, a school teachers could buy houses in, in Manhattan at this time. Um, they could buy, uh, they could buy a house in the center of Los Angeles. Um, a, a bus driver could, could provide a nice life for his family working a single job um, on, on a single income. Um, but the, but this was the beginning of, of, you know, it's not a new experiment. It's happened over and over again throughout history. But, it, but in 1971, it, we completely abandoned the idea of our, of our money being backed by, by gold. And we said it, it is just paper currency. Um, and, we, and we've seen, you know, we've seen periods of rampant inflation. Um, you know, we saw it under, under Carter. Um, and, uh, and they've always, they've always had the federal reserve to, to try and regulate that through, through interest rates. Um, and, uh, and if you look at what we're seeing right now, they're trying to slow inflation, but by raising interest rates, they're collapsing the banking system, um, it, it, while, while they're doing it and they still don't have inflation under control. You still, you still have the average earner, um, um, it can barely afford their grocery bill. You have, you have people on, on three incomes. That you, that you know have to have maybe two hundred dollars in, in spare money after all their bills are covered. It's it's you know it's it's very sad to see to see what's happened to people's ability to support themselves chasing this uh, this uh, this paper currency, this uh, this fiat dollar that they that they print without without any without any regard really any, anymore. I mean, there's not even. There's there's not even a hint of, of trying to be responsible. Um, I, any cause, it's no. We have to we have to do this. You know, even if it's causes that we that we support that we, that we we think are good, we we can't afford to have half our population living on living on government assistance. We we, we can't afford to fund um, foreign wars all over the globe. We are we are broke, and, and certainly we can't afford it, the massive abuse and corruption and money laundering that's that's going on on through through our foreign intervention and foreign aid packages all over the world sure yeah i mean um look you, you talk about ukraine you know I, everybody that follows me knows that you know, i've been to ukraine 10 times i love some, going out and helping the ukrainian people but i am not for uh printing hundreds of million, billions of dollars and sending it over uh into a money laundering scam uh that's taken you know that's taking advantage of the american people and, and putting us in a deeper financial crisis um yeah, it's really interesting what you what you, what you said uh, because the timeline of this to some people listening, it's really easy to think this is this happened over a long period of time. But fifty years is not very long. You know, fifty years ago to think that a bus driver could buy a house in in Los Angeles uh, when most CEOs can't buy a, a house in Los Angeles now. I mean, um, right? I mean, to think that I, I can't buy a house in Los Angeles for sure. You know, I mean, I mean, that's not uh, that's that's not in my budget, and I've and I've and I've you know, and my company has been successful, and I don't I, I don't know how people 
uh, come up with the money to afford the cost of living there. It's, it's in Manhattan as well. Like to think that you know teachers and bus drivers just 50 years ago, that that's a that's a fast rate uh, for that to happen. And uh, so where are we 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Is this thing you know off the skids to where you know it's irrecoverable? Is it fixable? I mean, at, at the rate they're printing and spending money recklessly that's not backed by anything you know for those who don't know it that don't understand fiat currency it's it's backed by nothing it means nothing uh there's no tangible value to it they're just printing it and it's you know watering down our dollar and and is why you know we're seeing you know americans uh not being able to afford to live it's it's a it's an interesting question you know how does the how does this end where's the dollar going where's the where's the currency going and when's it when's it going to happen and those are all um i I'd say there's no way you fix it. We can't pay back the debt. Um, you've got you know, you've got bricks de-dollarizing. Uh, you uh, you had you know just as recently as as five years ago, uh, you had almost ninety percent of global transactions settled in U.S. dollars. It's uh, it's going down. It's probably below seventy percent of of global transactions between nations are settled in in U.S. dollars now. And as that number gets smaller and smaller, our ability to fund this through through simply, I mean, we don't we don't export hardly anything of great value to people. We we import everything everything of value. We import food fertilizer. We import food. Um, we import even even many of our weapons now. We import steel. What we're exporting is U.S. dollars, and People have had reasons to hold U.S. dollars because it's the world reserve currency. But as that dollar usage it drops down, it, those dollars are going to start coming back into the U.S. And that's that's where we're going to see real problems with, with the currency. And the, the only answer I can see is one way or another, this needs to be reset, that that we need to actually let the currency collapse, because become worthless. And I, and I hope someone someone that knows what they're doing. Is is in charge of this? I I personally think that uh, that Trump has a plan for this. I mean the guy. I mean the guy knows when a bankruptcy is is, is coming. He's used uh, bankruptcy as a tool dozens and dozens of times throughout uh, throughout his business career. I th I think, think if anyone can see what's coming and have an idea of how to manage it, it's probably it's probably President Trump. A, a financial reset of the U.S. dollar is essentially bankruptcy. It is. It is. Uh, it is. It is a bankruptcy. It says we cannot repay our debt. We're we're bankrupt. What's that look like? What's on the global stage in the, the American, to the average everyday American? What's a reset look like? This this is something that has happened happened um, again and again throughout history. You know, you know, in in my office, we have many many people from Asian countries that are very large clients of ours. Um, even uh, even groups that, that wholesale uh, throughout the Southwest, uh, gold and silver. And, and the reason being China, Vietnam, all, all these countries have seen their, their currencies go to nothing. And, and, and they all see the same thing happening here. So if people that have all their money in a, in a paper system, it's probably gonna, it's probably, uh, gonna be pretty rough for them. Um, it, you know, it's, it, I, th I think a lot of what it looks like depends on, it depends on who's in charge. I could, I could see if we have the current um, um, leadership in the country, I could I could see them them telling people, oh, oh you need to give up more of your rights. This is, this is the rich people's um, fault. If you make more than two hundred thousand a year, you need to 
uh, you need to turn over your bank accounts, you need to turn over some of your property, your uh, your real estate. I could see I I could see them them coming after after the American citizens. I think uh, I think if you have an adult in charge, you know uh, you know you you can simply you can simply manage it with with the rest of the world and say we say we're sorry we're we're bankrupt we can try and you know these these are the assets the government has we can we can make partial payments payments to you um of the debt that we owe you um um it, but i mean i mean i mean no matter what where it's going i think i think you know it's a horrible idea to have all your money just sitting in a bank account in us dollars even to have you know, you know people people think they save cash well you know you know, even if you're saving cash and you and you're safe, and it's not in the banking system, um, you know, you know, it still buys probably realistically 20% less than it did last year. If you look at if you look at you know what you really need to buy, which is pay for housing, groceries, and so on and so forth. Um, but it, but you really need to own hard assets for what's coming. I believe. My Pillow is celebrating their remarkable 20-year anniversary, and they want to thank each and every one of you for your support with an incredible offer. Right now, you can grab a queen-size MyPillow regulated priced at $69.98 for just $19.98. And for just an additional $10, you can upgrade to the king size. To claim this unbeatable deal, head over to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square. Use promo code DANGEROUS to unlock Mike's amazing offer. You can also call at one 800 941 That's one 800 941-0272 and use the same promo code DANGEROUS. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact needs, ensuring you get the best night's sleep ever. The anniversary celebration also brings deep discounts on all MyPillow products from luxury bed sheets and cozy My Slippers to soothing towels and comfortable mattresses. Now let me share a personal secret with you. I've experienced the MyPillow magic myself and I can't help but rave about it. The pillows are amazing. I use my pillow every single night and the difference in my sleep since I've started using it is astounding. I wake up every morning and my neck feels great. Uh, I love my pillow. So here's your chance to join the MyPillow family and enjoy the best night's sleep of your life. Don't miss out on the biggest sale in MyPillow history. Remember that's MyPillow.com promo code dangerous or call 1-800-941-0272. Don't wait. This incredible offer won't last forever. Sleep better and feel better thanks to my pillow. What's crazy to me, James, is like, so if, if my wife and I were, you know, struggling to buy groceries and we were, we were in debt and we were trying to get out of debt and we were on the, on the verge of bankruptcy, we were like, hey, we're trying not to go in bankruptcy, but we're just going to negotiate with our, with our lenders. I would not be, I mean, I've always been a giver, right? As a Christian, I've always been a giver. And, but I would not be recklessly giving money away. I mean, right now, the situation we're in and we're describing you have the government still giving hundreds of billions of dollars away every year in our national budget to things like transgender studies in Pakistan. Like uh, we're supporting people that hate us. We're giving you know hundreds of billions of dollars to countries that hate us and 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 causes that have no real relevance to the American taxpayer. And, and so the money's just flippantly been being printed and handed it's, out. It, it, and, it's uh, I mean I I mean it would it would make you sick when we're in the situation we're in. And we've got, you know, this, this, um, and it really is in, inflating the value of your currency away is just, it's just another tax. It's more, it's, it's a different way. Um, Reagan called it the cruelest tax was, was inflation. It's, it's another way to take away 
from you know, from you know, the hardworking, um, you know, you know, American people to deprive people of the American dream that we've seen for generations, and really, you know, we're not we're not seeing anymore. Um, um, you know, I, I spend a decent amount of time in Mexico. Um, you know, you know, we actually mine mine gold down there, um, and, I've, and I have some other some other businesses down there. And, and you know, you think all the people coming across the border are Mexicans? They're not. They're not Mexicans. They're from. They're they're from Guatemala. They're from Africa. They're from they're from China. I've seen it firsthand. Just even even being at the Laredo border and places and places like that. Me- Mexicans. They say they say you know what? We realize there's a good chance we can still we can start having a better life here in Mexico. Um, by the time we go to the U.S., maybe we can make more an hour, but we we can't afford to live there. And and I think I think you do not see see Mexicans other other than the ones Mexico wants off of their, their welfare system and onto the U.S. welfare system, but but the average hardworking Mexican that used to come into the U.S. to find work, send money back back to the family, you know, work work twelve fifteen hours a day, they're they're not coming here anymore because of the cost of living here. Yeah, well, I mean, all, all this kind of comes back to you know questions of people not trusting. Our government and our government's motives. I mean, for me, I, I don't trust the, our government anymore, or, or the motives of the government. Uh, should um, can you explain government uh, monitored investment system and systems and how how gold could actually protect us against that? Well, so where clearly the banks want to go. I mean, I'm, I mean, you have patents filed, you have Chase, you have Wells Fargo putting out white papers. That they they intend to implement a central bank digital currency that, that is essentially administered by by the U.S. government. Now now I would I would argue that the banks none of the big banks would exist even even after two thousand eight they would have crashed in two thousand eight without the assistance of the U.S. government um, and and they would have probably crashed many times since then. If the U.S. government didn't hold interest rates artificially low, uh, provide repo funds to the banks to cover cover deposits, to cover to cover loans, but so the uh, so these organizations that that are already becoming arms of, of a very corrupt government now now want to centralize all transactions um, through uh, through a digital system that we that will track. Every every penny you spend, where you spend it, what you spend it on. Uh, did, did you go go down to the gun store and buy you know, and buy a box of ammo? That's that's a record that would always be on, on your digital wallet. Um, and I think that that's 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 a disastrous system. I mean, I mean, even if you trusted the government, even even if you said these good these guys are great, they have all of our best interests at heart, that people in charge. Um, you know, you know, it certainly opens the window for for tyranny down the road, and I th- and I think we're already there. To me, central bank digital system is you know like a doomsday, like I mean, apocalypse. Yep. You talk about the the currency, like Mark of the Beast currency, like uh, in for those you know that believe in end times raptures as Christians like myself. I mean, this is like the government has complete control of, of every dollar you spend, and they can turn it on or shut it off at any moment they want and take whatever they want. Even even now, yeah. though, James, uh, I mean, I think it's important for the Americans to hear. I mean, how how independent or or non-independent is is the banking system? I mean, I think people I think the average American believes that they're putting their money into a private institution. But is that actually the case? 
it's funny. I, I, I have a big client that, um, and he was, and he, and he was a naval officer, and and he set up up a system to to assist veterans living living abroad, um, cash services for those people, and he and he kept on having his bank account shut down by, by the major banks. So you know this guy, this guy being an entrepreneur said it said well I'm going to buy my own bank, and that way and that way I, I won't have to worry about this. So so he did. He bought a small regional bank that, that he was going to use for all of his, all of his overseas operations. And he he came to me and said, you would you would you would not believe this. And he said, I technically own this business on paper. It is my bank, but I have zero decision making control. Everything I have regulators assigned to me, anything that I want to do, any accounts that, that I want to open, I need I need to check in with with the federal regulators, essentially with with uh, with representatives of the federal government. On, on whether or not he can whether or not he can do it they're telling him what accounts to take what accounts not to take even even accounts he, he doesn't want to take uh, they could they can override him and say no no you have to take those accounts you you have to conduct these these type of transactions I mean I mean I mean the way, the way I see it the, these banks as I said most of them wouldn't exist they, they all would have gone under in 2008 and many times since then if it weren't for the direct assistance of the federal government they they are not independent. You can put your money at Chase, at Wells Fargo, at these these big banks, um, and it's uh, you might as well hand it to the federal government, in my opinion. I just uh, I've been waiting for an opportunity to publicly humiliate Wells Fargo because <laughs> I'm so upset right now. Still, I'm still fuming. So I've been doing business with Wells Fargo for 12 years, and I've done about 50 million dollars worth of charitable work, you know, using their banking system. Not one issue ever. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at the charities that I run, you know, we get, you know, all the highest awards and best, you know, uh, you know, third, third party, uh, watch groups that look over us. And, and we had a, a VC, a venture capitalist put $2 million in our account to rescue, uh, these girls. And, and I won't say the part of the world, but we're going to rescue these girls. And, uh, this is very timely. And I know I can't just go to the ATM and withdraw $2 million, right? I'm not naive to know that. But but we have, because I've done so much business, I have a rep and I said, hey, okay, this venture capitalist put this money in our account. We need to get $2 million out. We got a letter from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. So our operation was sanctioned by the United States government. Letter from the U.S. Congress, House Foreign Affairs Committee, what we were doing with the money. A private jet lined up to bring the money to where we're going uh, for this operation to rescue these girls. Uh, within about 24 hours, all of our accounts, uh, our debit cards and uh, ATM cards stopped working for all my employees around the world, you know, traveling around the world, doing the work that we do uh, within our charity. And additionally, we couldn't even sign in our account. We were locked out of our account uh, because we want to use $2 million. And, and, uh, and, have, and now the banks come back and, and wanting us to do these memorandums of what we do, how we do it. And uh, ultimately, uh, they slowed the operation down enough to where we had to change our operations. And, you know, I can't say or not say uh, if that affected human life, but from my perspective, it did. Uh, if, if it didn't cost human life or put someone in harm, then they certainly put people at risk. Uh, and this was, you know, our money, uh, but we were not allowed to use our money the way we were, it was intended to be used. I would say, you know, read your disclosure at the bank. It is not your money. Once you give it to the bank, it is their money. Legally, it is their money. You are a creditor 
of the bank and they and they treat you as such um it you know it, we we have clients you know that go to the bank um on you and you know and withdraw cashier's checks and be asked why are you doing this where's it where's it going and many of these banks have teams and say before you before you can withdraw your money you need to go you need to go talk to this person um and, and you know many many of our clients it just it just infuriates them and they they just want their money out of out of the bank that that much faster but they but they have retention teams to prevent you as the creditor who's the account holder thinking that's your money in the bank um uh, um to get it, uh, they have it to stop you uh, from taking from taking that money out of your account and away from them. It's it's uh, it's astounding if you if you actually actually read the regulation behind this. And I would say you know that's uh, that's a disturbing story, but it's something we uh, we see regularly and stories we hear from from our clients. Many many, many times people have to wait for some something like that to happen. Before before they say okay yes I I need to buy gold so you know we probably get a larger amount of those stories people people that you know you, you know might might own a gun shop and so, and suddenly Chase freezes all their their accounts won't let them access any of their money pay their suppliers for for weeks because because um, it, it, most likely because they own a gun shop. But because it, but because someone's auditing them or auditing their 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 FFL or, or whatever it might be, um, it, we had we we were banking with uh, JP Morgan Chase uh, for over ten years. They, they shut down our account, um, it, Midas Gold Group, no explanation. Um, but you know, but you know we figured it might tie back into, into some Obama era laws, um, um, what they called Operation Choke Point. Where they essentially grouped gun dealers and precious metals dealers you know, into a category of very high risk businesses, um, and made it very difficult for them to have any kind of banking. Is there a limitations? Has the government put regulations on how much gold and silver, tangible precious metals you could have in your personal possession? No, there's no uh, there's no regulation on it. That was uh, that was the benefit of 1971, where we entirely went off the gold standard. It also made private gold ownership legal again. Um, it, it, so there is no, there is no limit. I mean, I mean, we have people that you know. Um, a lot is different to everybody. And one, one, one thing we do as a company, you know, you know, we treat everybody the same. We, we don't care if you know if two thousand dollars is a lot of money to you, or if, or if twenty million is a very small amount of money. We try and give everyone the same, the same, uh, the same respect because because you know it's important to them. And you know, and that's and that and that's really our philosophy that you know this is what we're doing is more than just um, um, you know selling another financial asset class. We're we're selling an asset class that is going to help people prepare um, for, for where things are going. Um, and so and so no, our business it remains unregulated. Um, again, that can change at any time. When I have my sales meetings with with my guys, I say you know you know I don't think. Uh, the government wants financial control, and I say we we never know how long we're going to have in this in this business. I, my family, you know, we've been in it for two generations. We've been we've been lucky, but we're we're in an agreement that you know, as much as I would love the idea of passing this business on to my son, um, and le and letting him take over, I I don't think I don't think it's going to be a viable option. Well, is let's say you have twenty million dollars in gold and you're at home in your closet, is it insurable? Can you insure it? 
Uh, you, you, there, uh, there are companies that will that will provide um, uh, insurance on on precious metals, much like much like jewelry. Um, so you know it is it isn't always the easiest to insure, but but you know you know you can you can find uh, riders for it. Sometimes if people people uh, someone does have twenty million, you know you know a lot of times they're splitting that up between different locations. And if you have twenty million dollars to put in gold and silver. You probably have more than one location um, um, to put it in. You might put some in one vault, some in another vault, maybe some in an insured depository. Um, you know, I think I think you don't want to put everything necessarily in an insured depository where you don't have immediate access to it. But uh, but when you're getting getting into those numbers, you know, you know, people oftentimes try and divide it up. Hey guys, Chad Robichaud here. Are you ready to experience the greatest beef you'll ever taste while supporting an incredible cause? Well, get ready to sink your teeth into the irresistible beef from Skyrose Cattle Company. At Skyrose Ranch, where Mighty Oaks Foundation holds our West Coast legacy programs, Wayne Hughes Jr., the founder of Skyrose Cattle Company, has dedicated over a decade to perfecting the art of raising premium beef. And guess what? You can now enjoy the fruits of his labor right in the comfort of your own home with the absolute highest quality beef you can find, hands down, and trust me, I'm a carnivore and I've tasted plenty of steaks and nothing comes close to a Skyrose steak. These cattle are grass-fed and free of antibiotics, hormones, and vaccines. And for the last 10 years, I've personally watched these cattle graze 25,000 acres in Central Coast, California, and the taste is unbeatable. When you choose to purchase Skyrose beef, you're also making a difference by supporting the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Wayne is all about helping our deserving military and first responder communities through our faith-based resiliency and recovery programs. And every single penny of your purchase goes directly towards assisting our nation's warriors. Let me reiterate this, because it's crazy. 100% of the proceeds of Skyrose cattle goes directly to Mighty Oaks Foundation to support our nation's warriors. So let's join forces and make a positive impact, one delicious bite at a time, and head over to SkyroseCattleCO.com. That's Skyrose Cattle co.com today and order yourself some tender juicy cuts of beef trust me your taste buds will thank you and one more little insider secret every warrior who goes through mighty oaks legacy program at sky rose will assure you that this beef is extraordinary and off the charts delicious the very first thing our warriors get when they get to mighty oaks programs on sky rose ranch is a delicious sky rose steak hanging off the side of their plates with a Skyros brand on it, and our warriors love them, and you will too. Can the value of gold be manipulated by the government or other entities? Absolutely. Um, you, know, you, know, you know, one, uh, one interesting uh, piece of history was in, was in the late 1970s. Um, uh, the Hunt brothers, they recognized, they saw the price of silver being very low. And they and they had a theory that there was so much silver trading going on on the, on the exchange, you know, so many contracts being being bought and sold, um, and there wasn't enough physical silver mined to cover all those contracts. So they so they started started buying all these all these silver futures contracts, and instead of what most uh, contracts do. Um, it's people just cash settle them. So you know you, you know if they make money on the contract. Um, then, then they'll just take the cash that they made and they won't ask for the silver. They started saying, no, no, deliver the silver. So they started filling up bank vaults and buildings with silver. And single-handedly, 
Uh, this set of brothers, Lamar Hunt, who was, of course, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs and his, his brother Bunker Hunt, they, uh, they drove the price of silver from about $4 up to nearly $50 just, just by doing this and proving, proving their point. Um, it, what, it, what happened was, was overnight, um, GE came in and, and bought millions and millions of dollars worth of short positions on silver. The next day, um, the Mercantile Exchange changed the rules so that you could no longer redeem contracts for physical silver. And they, and they nearly bankrupted, bankrupted the Hutton brothers overnight. So of course they came in, uh, taught him, uh, taught him a lesson. Don't, don't, uh, don't mess with us like, like that anymore. Um, and I, and I think, and many people argue, and I agree that the price of silver and even gold have been kept artificially low due to all of the ETF trading and paper positions that don't really represent physical gold and silver out there. Can, can you, uh, what is the difference between gold and uh, we, I know you just touched on it, but. Can you explain to a listener, like, what's the difference between actual gold and purchasing gold ETF uh, exchange traded funds? Well, um, one is gold. One is it, one. One is you're exchanging one currency for for another. Another you know, is you get a piece of paper that says that a third party bank or financial institution is going to pay you gold appreciation rights. That if that if the price of gold goes up. Um, um, you, know, you can get you can get that price, and of course that is uh, that is the paper gold ETF price. That's that's not necessarily the price of the physical precious metal. Um, but so uh, but so one is is a private currency. The other is is still putting your money in a paper system. You can never redeem that, that ETF for physical gold. And even if they tell you it's 100% gold backed. Uh, there are so many derivatives off of that that ETF position that 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 I would argue it is not. It is probably very fractionally backed by gold after you add on all the derivatives, and you can never see, touch, take possession of that gold that's supposedly backing your ETF. James, I, we talked to a lot of people, and um, I personally know a lot of people that invest in like stocks and bonds, and and I'm sure you have some advice on on you know how to how to um, diversify your portfolio, but. What's the difference between investing in stocks and bonds and investing in precious metals? It's it's two entirely different at, uh, asset classes. So I mean, I, I I think there's extreme risk in the in the stock market that the values are are artificially high, but it, but I I still do own have some money in stocks. I mean I mean the U.S. stock market has has been as corrupt as it's been, and it's an, been an incredible wealth creation mechanism. So, I mean, I don't tell people, sell, sell all your stocks, give, it, give up on everything. You know, you know people, people want to own stocks, take advantage of that. Then that's, then that's fine. But don't rely on that system as, 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 as having long-term stability, particularly if, if, you know, some of the things that we're talking about, you know, it, you know a financial reset. Um, um, if this if, if this comes out, if you know if if our currency goes to nothing, um, of, of course the stock market's going to be hit very very hard. Um, and it, and so so I think you know you know when you own gold that that is really just savings. Don't think of that if you're buying physical gold. I, I tell people don't don't think of it as something you're going to buy this month and it's going to go up and you're going to sell you're sell it next month. If you want to do that. That's where an ETF comes in. That's that's where you buy an exchange traded fund is is maybe for something with a very short term hold because you think it's going to go up next month. This is long term savings. This is long term financial security. This is this is preparing your portfolio, your financial your financial situation 
um, you know, where you're going to be okay, whatever comes, you know, you know, you know, people come to me sometimes, and they ask me how much how much money do you think I, I can make on gold over the next year? And I said, well, hope you don't make money on gold. They say, well, well, that doesn't make sense. Why is it? Why is that? And I said, I said, think about it. Are you going to put all your money into gold? No. Um, are you are you putting almost all of it? No. And I said, and I said, well, so what would be best for you is if the price of gold even goes down, if, if you lose money, because that means the dollar is strong. That means the financial system is stable. That mean uh, that means we're not in global turmoil. It it means things are going pretty well in the in the country. And it means the other parts of your portfolio are probably probably doing pretty well. But I, I think chances are over the coming years, you're going to make an incredible amount of money on gold and you're going to be going to be glad that you have it. But that's not necessarily a good thing for the country, even even for you personally, if gold and silver go through the roof. Yeah, I'm interested in your your thoughts on, on this perspective and, and Chad too. with both y'all's backgrounds. Feel free to chime in. This the currency supremacy is the cornerstone to American America's military power. So we're talking about the threat of, you know, losing that supremacy. Does that threaten our superpower status uh, as a uh, dominant uh, country, basically? I think, I mean, of, of course, the, the world has been, uh, you know, and I believe mostly for good, over the years, under uh, under American influence, under under uh, American military influence. I mean, we we fought that fascism in World War II. I mean, we've done we've done some very heroic and valiant things as a country. We've we've probably and Chad Chad would probably agree. We've we've probably been involved in some things that you know um, we should we shouldn't have been involved in, and you know you know been involved in some things that are that are regrettable. Um, and you know, many many of us who have been who've been part of that, you know, you know, you, you know, regret. But we are able to uh, um, exhort our influence over the rest of the world because of the dollar status as the reserve currency. I mean, I mean, the most frightening statistic to people would be the drop in the dollar's usage among among foreign foreign countries. I mean, I, I mean, of course, and I agree with, uh, with Chad. I I love Ukraine. I support the Ukrainian people. And I hope that they that they fight for their for their independence. But one key one big problem that, that happened was um, a, a reserve currency is supposed to be neutral. That's what makes it a reserve currency that it's not influenced by by politics. The, the minute we started cutting Russia off of the SWIFT system, that we started using SWIFT uh, to confiscate people's money. We showed the rest of the world that we are we are not neutral and we will weaponize our currency against you. And I think that that has damaged our currency far, far more than most people even begin to understand. And and unfortunately, it hasn't. I don't think it's had the desired effect on Russia either. I don't I don't think I don't think it's it's weakened them. I think it's you know, I think I think in many ways their economy has gotten stronger by, by being more independent. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you bring this up because Matt Height, whose uh, episode comes out, uh, has has not dropped as we're recording this, but uh, Matt Height brought up the same thing about how the reputation of our currency by doing that to Russia uh, devalues our currency because you know the trustability amongst you know the rest of the world, and 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 we're seeing it play out. 
it is it it is right there. Just look at the numbers. Look at look at China's. Look at how they how they've moved away from the U.S. currency. Look at even look at even Brazil. Many of our allies, even even Mexico, um, it's supposed it's supposed to be be a great friend of ours. They're they're settling oil contracts now using using other currencies. Right. Yeah, it's just not sustainable or reliable. And uh, yeah, and that's a scary thing. And you know, and answer finish answering your question, Sean. Like, I mean. Uh, I mean, who, who's next, right? If, if not the U.S., right? If not the U.S. to be the, you know, the the, the super world superpower because of our financial position in the world, then who's next? Is it China? Like, uh, you know, that's a, that's a scary scenario uh, to think about for national security and for the world. It is, and China, China has a lot of their own financial problems. They have they have many issues of their own, but you know, you know, you know, certainly they 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 are long term planners. Um, uh, and yeah, it's a, that's a good question. If if we cannot if we cannot um, exhort our influence and and press out, you know, you, you know, I, I would say, you know, sometimes when the U.S. says we're gonna we're gonna bring democracy, you know, you, you know, look out. But we we have, for the most part, been a force for freedom and a force for democracy around around the world over over decades. And you know, all of us that have served should should be proud of that. But if we could no longer exert influence because because people don't care about holding our currency anymore, what emerges? Um, I mean, you know, you know, we've we've seen when we created a void in Iraq, what what emerged? It was it was something far worse than Saddam Hussein. Um, and and so it is it is a scary thought to think about about what comes next if it's if it's not us dominating the world. Every day, more than 22 veterans take their lives. That's a devastating reality that we can no longer ignore. But what if I told you that number actually is much higher? According to a recent study, the actual number of veteran suicides could be double the federal estimates. That means 44 veterans could be lost to suicide every single day. Whether the number is 22, 44, or one, one is too many. But there's hope. Mighty Oaks Foundation provides a lifeline for veterans, first responders, and active duty communities struggling with PTSD, depression, and thoughts of suicide. Our non-clinical, faith-based, peer-to-peer programs focus on spiritual resiliency, providing our military and first responder communities to overcome their hardships of service and find a new life purpose. We know that the road to recovery isn't an easy one, but with the support of Mighty Oaks, our warriors can find the hope and healing they need to move forward. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org. That's MightyOaksPrograms.org and learn how you can support our mission to end the epidemic of suicide in our military and first responders communities. Together, we can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Hey, uh, you know, as we as we wrap this up, James, uh, I think we covered it a lot, but I, I want, want the, the listeners to hear from you. Who should own gold, right? Is this a lot of times people hear stuff like this and they're like, oh, that's for the wealthy, that's for people that have ex- ex- excess, people that, ha- that are in a phase in their life where they're able to start investing. Uh, for me, everyone, uh, I'm even encouraging my young adult children, everyone should have gold and silver. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you, what's your perspective of who should actually own precious metals and why? If it, anyone that has savings, 
should put some uh, some of that in gold and silver. You know, if you're if you're if you're living paycheck to paycheck, don't don't go out and put gold and silver on on your credit card or or something like that. Um, and then and then come back and need to sell to, to pay your bills. But but everyone that has a retirement account, um, you know you you know many people don't understand you can you can own physical gold and silver inside of an IRA. And not have to withdraw it or pay taxes or penalties on it. You can use an existing IRA to own, own physical gold and silver. You've been able to do that that since the 80s. So, so I would think people saving in an IRA, people saving uh, money in the bank, people people saving money in traditional investments uh, should, should have some gold and silver. And and it's and it's certainly not for the for the very wealthy. Be, because if things go the direction, and I know Chad. You're you're preparing people for 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 many for many different scenarios, many different ways that the world could go. If the world goes a certain way, and you own what you think is a very small, insignificant amount amount of gold and silver, that could make all the difference in the world. If if we reset our financial system, if our currency collapses, and you need to figure out out a way to buy food for your family, to put put gas in your car in the in the short term. Um, and like I, like I said, you know, you, you know, we deal with with uh, people that do millions and millions of dollars in gold and silver, and and you know, and my brokers, the people that work for me, they're they're great. If, if someone even has, you know, you know, a few hundred dollars that they they had saved and they they want to buy some silver coins, they uh, they will take care of that person. Um, um, so you know, I would say it's for it's it's for everybody. And you know, you know, many companies out there they they say, oh, oh we have a fifty thousand dollar minimum. Don't call us unless you have fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I mean, you can call us if you if you have five thousand uh, dollars, because because what we really do think this is for everybody. And you know, and we've and we've just just found it. And you know, you know, even some of my some of my minority business partners thought thought I was crazy when when they, when they said, why are we doing five hundred dollar transactions? I said, well, you know, you know, you know, because we're doing the right thing for one. And we did a five hundred dollar transaction over here, and they, they ended up referring in their father in law who had who had five hundred thousand. So you know you do you, know, you do the right thing, and you never you never know where it's going to go. Um, but certainly, if you're if you see even the possibility of of some of some structural problems in the financial system, and you have some money saved up, you should really consider owning gold and silver. Now I hope I don't put you in a spot for this question because I, I don't know the answer, but Let's say I, I buy it for that, that doomsday scenario and now I have an ounce of gold and I need to be able to trade. Is there a way to buy it in like uh, in smaller portions? Is there coins that, that break down or is the, you know, ounce are you, you're out there trying to break off a chunk or cut off <laughs> a chunk? Like how, how do you how do you use it in like you know, two thousand dollars coin versus uh you know something that's worth twenty, thirty dollars? Well, um- and that's a that's a good question. So it, so so you, you know many people think about that. I mean, you could buy tiny bars of gold and silver. You can you can buy it down. There are mints that mint gold bars down to half a gram, which is roughly one sixtieth of an of an ounce of gold. And and you know you know and some people that are preparing, you know you know many times they'll buy some small pieces of gold. It's it's a little bit more cost efficient. To buy to buy one ounce pieces because you have the minting costs on those, those tiny pieces. So you know, you know, if you buy sixty of those, it costs a lot more than buying buying just one bar, one ounce, because the minting costs. But uh, but if you're preparing for those those type of scenarios, people will many times get those small pieces of gold. And of course, that's that's what silver is ideal for, because because you know you can you can buy you can buy one ounce uh, ounce silver coins for thirty some dollars. 
Um, and, and that's something that's, uh, that's far more divisible. So, you know, you know, if you're kind of, kind of, kind of planning this, um, you, you know, we talk to people about gold and silver, and silver ratios, you know, this is, this is an investment that's all yours. We're not financial planners. We're not giving you financial advice, but we're going to give you our expert opinion. Uh, so if someone says, says, say, I have $50,000, I want to invest, we will talk to them about, you know, what do you think you're going to use this for? They, they might say, I just want stuff I can barter with. Maybe they'll get a lot of silver and some small pieces of gold. Um, I think I, I think in general, this is more about long-term wealth preservations. Because again, you look at history, you look at when currencies have collapsed. Generally, another currency comes in and replaces a collapsing currency. But you want to put your money in something of, of value so that you know, you know, in that transition period, maybe you have something you can barter with in the meantime, and then you have something of, of value that you can now exchange for a new currency. Um, uh, so, you, so, you know, many times uh, people do a mix of, of gold and silver coins and, you know, you know, do the gold more for, for long term wealth preservation and maybe silver for some for some uh, speculation and for some barterability. Well, I want to remind everybody listening, if you want some free silver, then you go to MidasGoldGroup.com uh, after this and you mention my name, uh, Chad Roby Show and James is going to hook you up with some free silver. I don't know how much, but uh, it's free silver. Uh, again, it's a way to get started. So, uh, and, so and, it's uh, on a, on any, any qualifying order where you mention Chad's name, uh, you know, you, you can get up to a thousand dollars in free silver. So, of your of your choice, we can make recommendations on it, you know, and and, and your choice of silver coins, bars, whatever it might be. I'm a cash in that deal myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. my name. Can I? I'll just say. Uh, I'll, I'll say I'm someone else and I might drop my name. <laughs> it, Chad, uh, Chad if, any, if anyone deserves that deal, it's you. So just call it and mention your own name and we'll, we'll hook you up. <laughs> no, man, I, I'm super thankful. Like I said, a lot of these questions I was asking the way I was asking because I want to know like uh, a lot of this stuff. I'm su super interested and looking forward to spending more time with you. Very thankful for your heart behind this company and how you care about people and uh, people being prepared uh, and not just, you know, running this as a business, but especially the fact that you're willing to serve everybody, uh, big or small orders. It's amazing. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, some of our customers from, not customers, some of our listeners from Stay Dangerous already called in. Uh, thanks for taking care of them. And uh, anybody else who hasn't called in yet or, or go to MidasGoldGroup.com and, uh, and, and, Talk to James's team and get on board. Get some precious uh, metals in your uh, in your portfolio, or just in your, in your safe. Uh, be be prepared and uh, and have this uh, reserve that's going to last whatever financial crisis is we see coming down the pipe. And, and unfortunately, you know, not trying to uh, scare everyone, but you know, it's scary times. And uh, you know, I personally do not have confidence in our financial system, and and none of us that uh, look at it from the perspective of reality should I mean, we uh we have way overspent the us dollar and watered it down and we need to have uh good assets like this on hand um james anything before we shut down i mean does i mean you cannot trust the people running the government running running the financial system unfortunately i mean but these are these are the people that walked us the cliff off the cliff in 2008 and told it told us everything was fine that, that the housing market market was always stable and many of those same people were unwinding their own position and you know and and in uh, insecurities tied to the housing market while they were telling everybody it was fine and you know and we're being preached to that the banking system is stable that the currency system stable and inflation's under control 
it's not, you know, this isn't, this again, it's not about scaring people. It's just, just about having the information, thinking for yourself and making, making smart decisions. Um, and, and, you know, it, we really appreciate you. Um, it, uh, Chad, we appreciate everything you, you do, not just endorsing us, but we appreciate, you know, our partnership with you because of, of what you're, you've done and your own heroism, not just, not just overseas, but even your own heroism and your, and you're helping with, and you're helping veterans. So, um, it's great to be partnered with you and, and great to be part of everything you do. Thanks, James. Thanks so much, man. Well, uh, I look forward to going out and visiting you in Montana, in Arizona. And uh, we'll uh, talk soon. And um, Sean, anything before we wrap up? No, that's it. Great episode. All right. James Clark, staying dangerous and staying uh, successful with Midas Gold. God bless.